What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Engage A podcast. I am Josh, joined by my co-host Mike. Uh, Zach is not with us today as he's traveling, but he will be back for the next episode to recap all the wild card round games. Today, we're going to preview all those wild card games. We're going to talk about the College Football National Championship uh, and the implications of that from Monday, as well as some more NFL coach firings that have happened since the last pod that we recorded. Uh, until then, though, uh, look in the description for our Spotify, TikTok, and social media links. Follow us on all of those. We post all sorts of different content on there. Uh, and to move on, we will just have Mike start us off with some college football. Yeah, um, before I get to that, just um, like you said, Zach's not here with us. He's actually out interviewing with certain teams for their GM positions. I don't want to give away any team names, but he is out interviewing. So hopefully <laughs> one goes his way. Watch um, out, Ryan Poles. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Poles, maybe. Uh, Washington, Michigan championship game. Uh, didn't necessarily live up to the hype that was going into it as much, but it was a solid game, I guess. Michigan early looked dominant with their run game, Blake Corum, and especially Donovan Edwards, who had been struggling recently. Uh, two touchdowns for each of them in this game. Donovan Edwards dominated the first half. J.J. McCarthy really didn't have to do much, only 140 passing yards. Uh, they just relied on the run game, and it really worked out for them. Washington, uh, their defense, shockingly, after that really poor start, held them in this game. Uh, it was pretty close going up into that fourth quarter where Michigan just pulled away. Uh, their offense just could not get anything really going. Penix just didn't have it today or a couple days ago, but um, just really was struggling to get with Romo Dunze, uh, Jalen Polk, just not on the same connection, the overthrow on a couple big plays. And in the run game, Dylan Johnson somehow played on that hurt leg, um, 11 carries for 33 yards. He just didn't have anything really. He You could tell he was banged up and, it was just unfortunate to see uh, for him, especially. But Michigan wins 15 and 0 season. Uh, Washington Huskies finished 14 and 1. 34 to 13 was the final. Michigan first national title since 1997. We'll see in the future if this does have an asterisk on it. But right now it does not. So congratulations to the Michigan Wolverines for winning the championship. And Harbaugh will be gone soon. Yep. Uh, Jim Harbaugh wins his first title. Um, he now joins his brother and his dad at the table, as he said. Uh, this was kind of an interesting game for the most part until the end when Michigan started to pull away. It looked early that Michigan was going to run away with this one, but Washington had time after time again where they could have kept themselves in it, uh, and they just couldn't come through, especially on the offensive end for such a prolific offense. Uh, Pendix was solid, but he wasn't. I mean, there's not much he could have done this game. He He had one touchdown, two picks. Still one of the best seasons in all of college football. Uh, he had this year, so it sucks to see him not have the greatest game in the national championship. Dylan Johnson was playing hurt; he didn't have a good game. Like you said, Mike Donovan Edwards was fantastic. He has been had a pretty down season in general. Uh, after coming back uh, after last season, where he was pretty solid, and this game he showed out. He had two big forty-yard runs in the first half. Finishes with one hundred and four yards on six carries with two touchdowns. Corum did Corum things. J.J. McCarthy did J.J. McCarthy things, 10 for 18, 140 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Uh, the definition of a game manager, I don't see how uh, what NFL uh, scouts see in him for him to be a first-round projected pick, but I guess that's where he's going to go. But, yeah, Michigan, huge win, of course, uh, to win that national championship against a real team, not playing against uh, phys- physicians and doctors of New York like they were playing against when, when they were claiming all those national titles early in their – uh, college is founding, but yeah, it's huge for them. Um, do I want to say any other college football news? Uh, before we finish this one, yeah, anything else say about this one before we talk? Uh, talk a little saving. Um, just uh, this was the final four team college football playoff. So we saw Big Ten won the first one with Ohio State. Now they win the last one with Michigan. So Big Ten, uh, the, well, the college football playoff will now be expanded. Last uh, four. And like you kind of brought on there, uh, the big news out of college football, almost bigger than the actual net. Oh, yeah, Solon, I actually I have one more thing to say before we get to that. I just remembered about the this game. Uh, Jim Harbaugh said he's going to get a tattoo of this national championship, uh, symbolic of the Rick Pitino Louisville Cardinal tattoo, which, as we know, that did not age well. Uh, after they got that stripped, it would be hilarious to see that happen again. It would be, and it, it could be. Like you said, it could be stripped with the cheating scandal. It's possible. It is, it is possible. Asterisk season. Um, I'd love to see that happen. That'd be great. 
but on to the next bit of news from college football, like you had uh, started to talk about, Nick Saban retires from Alabama at the age of 72. It kind of makes sense with everything going around. He is older. Uh, NILDs are coming, becoming more and more prevalent. Uh, the transfer portal is becoming a massive thing. Division realignment. Just a lot of different things going on in college football. The 12-team playoffs. Um, 17 seasons at Alabama. He took over in 2007. He won six national titles in those 17 years at Alabama. He had won one previously in LSU. His first season at Alabama, he started out 7-6. and six, And after that, he had won 10 games for his final 16 seasons. He was just... Um, and when you look up a picture of winning, uh, Nick Saban pops up, uh, 206 and 29 at Alabama. He won 87.7% of his games, 44 first round picks. We saw last year, Bryce Young first overall, uh, 297, 71 and one all time as a college head coach started at Toledo, went to Michigan state for a while. Uh, we saw him go and try the NFL with the dolphins. Like I touched on LSU and then Alabama. He said uh, in talking about retiring that in recruiting or hiring different coaches for coordinators, uh, the same issue kept popping up how long he was going to be there. And he really didn't know and he didn't want to drag the, the team down. So he decides to step down. It'll be very interesting to see who decides to take this job. We saw uh, Dan Lanning possibly being linked to it, the coach from Oregon. He shut down those rumors today with a video on Twitter that was kind of cringe, but um, – he wants to stay at Oregon. Uh, Washington head coach Kalen DeBoer has been linked. Lane Kiffin, who is always in the news from Ole Miss, used to coach at Bama, has been linked. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go from here. Sark as well. Uh, yeah. Possibility coming from Texas. Kirby uh, Smart. Kirby. Oh, man, that would be <laughs> something. Could you imagine? Um, that would shake everything up. I don't see that happening. I actually I got a text from my dad today. Uh, he asked if anybody – uh, could possibly fill the shoes of Nick Saban. And I said, the only person that could, or he said, could anybody come close? And the only person I could think of off the top of my head that could come close right now is Kirby Smart. I don't think that happens, uh, but anybody else is going to be a downgrade significantly. And I still think Kirby is a downgrade, but regardless, everybody else is a significantly higher downgrade. Uh, I just want to say as an SEC football fan, I've been an SEC football fan for a long time. Uh, I have so much respect for Nick Saban. Uh, it just cannot be talked about enough how great uh, of a head coach he is and was. Uh, and the things he did at Bama, we may never see again, especially with the 12-team playoff. And it's going to be harder to win a national title now than ever. Uh, it got harder when the college football playoff was originally introduced. He adapted, got himself some more titles, and just added on to his legacy. So all the respect in the world to Nick Saban. Uh, it's crazy that we're possibly saying goodbye to the best NFL coach and the best college coach of all time uh, in a matter of 24 hours. It's why we'll t talk about Bill Belichick here in a bit, but um, yeah, it could be Sark. It could be DeBoer from Washington. Uh, the Dan Lanning video was cringe. That was a tough watch, but it won't be him. Um, could you imagine if Davo went to Bama? Oh, I, I know they, Bama I know they don't out. want him. I know they don't want him, but it would be so funny. Um, yeah. I, I really don't know what they're going to go with. I saw a little rumor floating around. I don't know how much merit there is to it of Mike Vrabel possibly <laughs> being interested in that job. Uh, that, would... that would be funny as well. Um, I think he coached at like Ohio State or something for a bit. Uh, and I think he, he, he went, to, went Ohio to Ohio State, State too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he does have a little bit of college coaching experience. I don't see that happening either. Um, I don't even I want to make a prediction, but I honestly don't have one. I don't see maybe if you're Kalen DeBoer, you do you get the offer, you absolutely take it because you just went to the Natty. Uh, you made it probably maybe as far as you can take Washington right now, um, similar to what we saw with Fickle. Took Cincinnati as far as he could take Cincinnati, and then when he got a chance to go to a Power 5 and go to a, get a massive upgrade, he did. Obviously, it's different from going to Wisconsin to going to Alabama, uh, but I could see DeBoer. Um, Sark, If I, get, I guess if I had to put my money on it right now, I'd probably go Sark. Take but Arch Manning with him. That would be something, man. <laughs> that would be something. Um, with Quinn Ewers announcing today that he is returning, uh, that probably takes that away. Uh, I kind of just got reminded of that in my head right now. So I guess my my pick would probably switch to DeBoer from Sark then. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't I have, think Quinn Ewers stays if he has any inclination. That's, that's yeah. I don't know who it will be at all, honestly. I think they could just shock everybody and pick someone that just isn't linked to this job at all. Maybe uh, I I couldn't even name one, but they could shock us all. Maybe they go with Deion Sanders route and just go for a, a guy that played for him, isn't, doesn't have the most head coaching experience. I don't know. Um, uh, but that's all I got for Nick Saban. Yep, me as well. You want to talk about some coach firings that have happened in the last 48 hours for us? Yeah. Um, we already talked about Josh McDaniels, obviously, Frank Reich, Brandon Staley, Arthur Smith. We talked about Ron Rivera on the last one and Mike Vrabel. In the last 24, 48 hours, we had two more um, firing slash parting ways. Pete Carroll with Seattle and Bill Belichick with the Patriots. I'll just start with Pete Carroll. Um, this one really shocked me when I first saw it. I kind of just didn't expect it at all. It hadn't really crossed my mind, but after thinking about it more and more, this does kind of make sense to me. Uh, they missed the playoffs this season. I, I like Pete Carroll. He's a great coach. Seems like a great guy. But uh, for Seattle, I just I do think it might have been time to move on. Uh, he's 72 as well. Hadn't won a playoff game since 2019. Uh, so four years. They hadn't really been a Super Bowl contender in about eight years in 2016. Um, and that was the last time they had a top 10 defense. So uh, it's been a while since they've really been in contention for a Super Bowl. They've kind of just been one of the teams that you expect to make the playoffs but not do much. So moving on here, it does make sense to me. I really don't know what direction they'll be heading, whether they go for a younger coach, um, offensive or defensive, I don't know. Uh, they also have to worry about the options at QB. If they draft a QB, do you want a, quarter, a coach that'll help develop a young quarterback, or are they going to decide to continue with Geno Smith? So um, it's going to be sad to see P. Carroll go. I think he said he still wants to be a coach, but uh, – been with Seattle for a while. Yeah, that's the two oldest head coaches, I believe, uh, part ways uh, in the past 24 hours uh, with him and Belichick. Uh, but for Pete Carroll, yeah, I think it was about time. You're at a, a bit of a crossroads in the organization right now. Like you said, they're well away now, almost 10 years away from their uh, last Super Bowl. They haven't been true, true contenders in most of that time since then. They're getting to a point where, like you said, are we sticking with Gino? Are we drafting a young guy? They really don't know what direction they're going. And if they do want to draft a young guy, which it seems like that's what they're going to do, if they want to part ways with Pete Carroll here, it's probably best that a 72-year-old guy isn't trying to coach up a 20-year-old kid uh, for the next 5, 10 years. So I completely understand it. Maybe he'll stay with the Seahawks as a scout team QB or something, but uh, <laughs> great career for him. And uh it looks like he is going to stay with the Seahawks in some sort of role. Yeah. Um. Hopefully he can just have a fun retirement. Seems like a fun guy. But the next one is the Bill one. Big one. Uh, Bill Belichick. Just like Nick Saban. Bill one greatest. too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Biggest, uh, maybe one of the greatest coaches of all time in almost any sport. Uh, he is parted ways with the Patriots after – 24 seasons where he went 266 and 121. Uh, he does have the most tied for the most losses in history all time, but he's pretty close to the victories. Uh, most wins, um, 18 playoff bursts with the Patriots, nine Super Bowl appearances, six titles that ties the NFL record for any franchise all time. So he's, like I said, one of the great coach, greatest coaches of all time. Um, and another case where uh, they might go for a younger coach like Gerard Mayo to uh, take over after him, which is very interesting because I've been seeing that all over Ian Rappaport and Schefter talk about him taking over. I thought they might go for a Rabel or Flores, an older guy that's coached before, but it seems like they are looking at Gerard Mayo. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, out of the three coach uh, coaches leaving, uh, I don't want to say firing because none of them got fired, but – uh, the three coaches leaving that we just spoke about, Saban, Carroll, and now uh, Bill. I think Belichick is the most interesting one because we really don't know what's coming next for him. We know that Saban is retiring. He said that. We know that Pete Carroll is going to stay with some sort of uh, advising role with the Seahawks. Uh, but with Bill, we don't know if he's going to go try to coach somewhere else maybe. It's it's I hard it's hard for me to believe that he's going to be an assistant. Uh, maybe he's a defensive coordinator, though, up in uh, – the press box uh, calling plays from up there, but we'll see what happens with Bill. Uh, what a 
great career from him. It's just it's uh it's tough to like comprehend Saban and Belichick both leaving football seemingly uh on the same day because these are guys like it was with Brady where like you you sat with it for a few days, you really thought about Brady's whole career and everything he's meant to football and how him leaving is just going to make a massive difference. And you can't really do that with these guys because we're losing both of them right back to back. Uh, So it's kind of just immediate thoughts. Uh, Both of them, absolute legends. I have so much respect for both of them. I want to see Bill go continue coaching. I think it'd be interesting to see him go coach another team, uh, be a DC. Uh, I wonder what he thinks about uh, the city of Detroit, but um, (laughs) uh, that's, I don't know what the Pats are going to do. It could be Braves. We don't know uh mayo like you said uh but we'll see what happens and uh if he does decide to retire i wish a happy retirement to bill belichick yeah um nice to know that that colts kind of rumor thing after that game might have been true that might have been the last straw for him to finally be retired so i'm just gonna roll with that and say the colts (laughs) retired bill belichick um in the four seasons without brady belichick did struggle he didn't make the playoffs i think one time but 29 and 36 zero playoff victories all time, he's third all time in uh, victories. He trails George House by 16 and Don Shula by 26. So I th- don't think he's going to retire. I think the most logical one for him would probably be um, Los Angeles, considering they already have the quarterback situation. They do struggle with um, kind of just a rough roster, but when you have a franchise quarterback that good, bringing Bill Belichick in would make sense. I've seen people say the commanders. That one doesn't make as much sense to me, to be honest. Uh I can see them going after Caleb Williams and putting Caleb Williams under Belichick. It it sounds like a perfect situation, but I don't know if those two would gel as much as um, you would think, but I'm ready to move on if you are. Yeah. I, I don't think they would gel. I don't think that's why it would be a perfect situation. I think they're exact opposites. I think that's why I think it would be good for Caleb Williams. I think Belichick might be a little annoyed with him, but I think they might bring in Josh McDaniels in that situation though. And that would be, I don't know how that would work either. Dude, that would be crazy. But hopefully we don't see him on the big screen, big screen anytime soon. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we can move on here to the wild card round preview. I'm excited about it. It's playoff season. We got every game here for the most part. It's going to be a good game. Most likely we're obviously going to have a blowout or two. That's just how she goes. But it's looking like we're going to have some good games. First one here, Browns at Texans. This would have been the Deshaun versus Texans game had he been in this game. Uh, But who knows if the Browns get the five seed with him. Uh, The Texans' strength is passing. Cleveland has the number one pass defense uh, in the league. So that should be a big head-to-head there. Can C.J. Stroud hold on to the ball, uh, get his ball to his playmakers when he wants to? That's going to be the big story. C.J. Stroud loves that deep ball. Uh, I've heard that like in warmups, he just sits there and just chucks the ball downfield and just tries to warm. I mean, I know his warmups are just weird in general. He does like the whole, like, let me try to play every sport before the game thing. But, <laughs> but um, he does like really, really practice deep balls before the game. He loves to throw it deep. He's not scared to do it. And he's a guy that if you only throw five picks all season, no one's going to really get mad at you if you're chucking it down the field all the time. But Houston is good against the run. They're going to force Flacco to throw. Flacco has been really, really good though. Uh, he's coming off a week of rest. That's big for him uh, as an old man. But um, it doesn't look like the Browns are going to be able to run the ball a ton this game. If they can, I think the Browns could run away with this one. Uh, but the Texans' run defense is pretty good. Um, the biggest discrepancy in this game is the defenses for me. Cleveland's defense is just significantly better, especially against the pass, uh, than Houston. Uh, I think Houston could struggle with Flacco. He can go for a ton of yards. Amari Cooper's playing, right? He should. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah. Amari Cooper should be playing. Uh I think in order for the Texans to win, Stroud has to have not a perfect game, but a nearly perfect game. He definitely can't turn the ball over. If he throws a pick and fumbles, uh, I think this can go south for the Texans. I like the Texans at home uh, just because I like home field advantage in all playoff situations. That's not one of the more known as one of the more rowdy environments, but um, I'm going to go with the Browns. I just like them better top to bottom. I think they match up well here. Uh, I think they move on and unless the Steelers, or the Dolphins win, that would book a Flacco Ravens revenge game. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I think the Browns win this one in the Deshaun Watson Bowl without Deshaun Watson. That trade happened in March of 2022, and it really kickstarted this Texans rebuild that has got them to this point. Uh, helped them get Will Anderson, which has really boosted their defense. 
for the Browns, Joe Flacco, since he has really been on the scene, this offense has been different in his past four starts. Uh, he's thrown for at least 300 yards in each start, leading them to a 4-0 record. One of those games was against the Texans in Week 16. The Texans defense had no answer for Joe Flacco in this game. 368 yards, three touchdowns. And that was the game we saw Amari Cooper go nuclear 11 catches, 265 yards and two touchdowns. So this defense would have to just turn around completely if they wanted to change that. Because that was just a dominating game. Um, but it's been like that all season for the Texans pass defense, really. Uh, they've given up the 10th most passing yards in the NFL this year. And like you said, the Browns defense is great against the pass, which that's the Texan strength. So all the numbers really seem to point towards the Browns in this one. Uh, C.J. Stroud, he's been great all season. Uh, that is a regular season. In the past 10 years, rookie quarterbacks are one in five when making their first career playoff start with that only win coming from Brock Purdy last season. So um, rookie quarterbacks, they struggle. 55% of their passes in playoffs, they average just 189 passing yards per game and a touchdown-to-interception ratio of 33-42. to 42. So uh, sometimes the bright lights uh, hurt teams, but we saw last week in basically a playoff game. It wasn't a playoff game, but it was a playoff environment. CJ Stroud played great. So we'll see how it goes. I'm leaning towards the Browns. I have them winning this one. Joe Flacco, he's tied with Tom Brady for the most road playoff wins in NFL history. Uh, so he could break Tom Brady's record and be alone at the top with Tom Brady currently being retired. So I got the Browns winning this one. CJ Stroud, he isn't an ordinary rookie QB. Uh, I don't doubt that he has a dominant performance, but we've seen teams struggle, especially rookies struggle in playoff games. This Browns team is very good on both sides of the ball. And um, I don't see the week off hurting the Browns offense. I think they win this game. And Zach went with the Browns as well there. Um, next game here, Dolphins at Chiefs. Uh, this is going to be the coldest game of all time, maybe. I think it's going to be the coldest game for sure in Arrowhead. Uh, we have two top six passing offenses that are going to be battling this cold weather. Uh, which team's going to uh, be able to battle through it? The team from Miami or the team from Kansas City? It, it's, yet, it's yet to be known. But as we know, Miami does struggle in these environments. Do I think they don't can't win because of this? Absolutely not. I think they've had many times this year, if not the entire year, where they looked better than the Chiefs. But this is going to be a tough place to play. It's going to be rowdy. It's going to be so cold. People are the fans are just going to be pissed off all game, screaming, trying to warm themselves up. Uh, Miami's defensive injuries have just stacked up for them. I know they picked up Justin Houston and Bruce Irvin, a uh, couple old heads to pick up this week. Uh, they need pass rushers bad, and they're getting whatever they can to get uh, guys out there. Kansas City has a better pass defense, and Miami has a better run defense. So it will be a factor here because. Um, it's a cold game. It's not going to be a snow game, though. I don't. I think they're maybe just going to get flurries. So it's no, not, not at all. That yeah, exactly. I was, I was so, just looking that up. Disappointment. Uh, for it to be a snow game. Yeah, it's not a snow game. I think we're getting it in Buffalo though. So, <laughs> oh, uh, hopefully, which will be the game. I believe that's one on Sunday. But, um, like yeah, KC's better pass defense. Miami better run defense. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, Mahomes going to have to do Mahomes things. Andy Reid's going to have to do Andy Reid things because if they can air it out on this offense, they can definitely go out, go up early and be able to lock themselves in here. Uh, so Miami, they got a chain. Do they got most or but? Um, I think so. We'll see. Hopefully they do for them, uh, but they still have a chain. I think they're going to be able to run the ball pretty well this whole game. They just cannot put themselves in a position where they're going to get down early. If they get down early and they can't run the ball, they're going to struggle to pass the ball against this team in the cold weather, cold hands against a really good pass defense in the Chiefs. Um, at the end of the day, though, I trust Andy Reid. I trust Mahomes. I trust Kelsey. Uh, I think with a good defense, they're going to be able to figure it out. Uh, I think they're going to make waves. If they get going on offense this game, watch out. I'm going with the Chiefs. Yeah, Raheem Mostert and Jalen Waddle are both questionable for this game, so we don't know. Um, this game is streaming on Peacock, so if you're trying to watch this game, uh, this is the first ever NFL game that is exclusively on a streaming service, which exclusively is exclusively on the cock. Yeah, it's it's just ridiculous. Um, since the start of twenty since 2017 season, the Dolphins are 0 and 10 when the kickoff temperature is below 40 degrees. I bet a lot of you have seen that on. Um, Social media, this game is supposed to be negative 30 degree wind chill, freezing cold, 
I think it's supposed to be the coldest for each team here of all time, the coldest game they've played. I did just look it up. I was hoping for it would be a snow game as well. It does not seem like it'll be a snow game. So that's unfortunate. Um, in those cold games that Tua has made a start, he is 0-4 in games under 45 degrees. And those losses, he has a passer rating of just 71.8 while completing only 55% of his passes. So he struggled in those cold weathers. He's turned the ball over five times in those games compared to just four touchdowns. So uh, I, I, it's a playoff game, so he's going to have to show up. But this is a great defense that we saw him struggle against earlier this season. Uh, Tyree Kill gets another chance at the revenge game. This time it's actually in Kansas City and not in Germany. In that game, both offenses kind of struggled in that game, surprisingly. Chiefs, uh, Mahomes threw for under 200 yards. Tua only threw for 193 yards. So it was a defensive battle. I can see that happening again this week with the weather. Um, and overall, I just, like you kind of said, I trust the Chiefs defense more than anything in this game. I think that's going to be the deciding factor. I don't trust either of these teams in the long run. Mahomes would have to really kind of turn it around 100% and Kelsey to really get going for me to trust this Chiefs team, but I just don't see it happening. I got the Chiefs winning this one in a cold game, but the fact that everyone's kind of on the Chiefs side makes me want to take the Dolphins, to be honest, but I'm going with the Chiefs. Uh, I feel you there. Zach went with the Chiefs as well. Uh, moving on here, Steelers at Bills. Like we said, this will be a snow game, most likely. Thank God we get one wild card weekend. Uh, with all these cold environments, we're, we're bound to get one. Um, but actually, hold on. How many uh, how many indoor games do we have here? I know we got the Lions, of course, uh, Cowboys, Texans. We have a good amount of indoor games here. Um, Tampa Bay is basically indoor. Um, I think it's chilly down there, though. Really? I think so. What's chilly, like 50? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they'll be all right. Um, <laughs> Steelers, Bills, though. Uh, since Rudolph's first start, uh, Pittsburgh has had a mid-level pass offense and a top three run offense. Uh, like we said in the last pod, their run uh, blocking has been great over that stretch. Now she's had a phenomenal run there. Uh, so that's going to be huge for them. No TJ Watt for the Steelers, as we know. I think they would have to probably win a couple games for him to come back. But they still have Alex Highsmith. He's been one of the better edge rushers all season. I think PFF, he was number 10 ranked of all edge rushers this season. Uh, so that's huge that they still have him. If they didn't have both of them, I'd say the Steelers have virtually no chance in this game, but they still have a top edge rusher uh, to go at Josh Allen, put him under pressure. Uh, despite having so much talent, I thought it was pretty interesting. I saw this today. If you had to guess where the Steelers are in pass defense and run defense on the season, what would you say? Unless you already know. If you already know, then don't guess. Wait, what's the question? Where the Steelers are in pass defense and run defense this season? Um, I'll go for pass defense. 11 run defense 13 they're 17th in pass defense and 19th in run defense wow so despite i always look at the steelers as one of the best defenses in the league they have a ta- so much talent on defense and they're not top half of the league in either one of those stats this season uh so that's interesting to me uh this it's gonna be tough to beat the bills at home if i'm being honest uh the bills Although they have their problems, and I do not think they're going to win the Super Bowl, I don't think they're going to make the Super Bowl. I think the Steelers are just going to be a little outmatched here. Buffalo's top 10 across the board in everything from pass defense, run defense, pass offense, and run offense. Uh, and they're a very good team when they don't turn the ball over. Uh, if they can, if Josh Allen doesn't turn the ball over a ton, doesn't throw some bad picks, if James Cook doesn't have a couple bad fumbles in between the tackles. I think they'll win this game easy. But if the Steelers can force some takeaways, I could definitely see the Steelers hanging in. They're just so well coached. Uh, I could see them hanging in if they could turn the ball over. So that's the key for the Steelers for me. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bills, though. Zach did as well. Yeah. Uh, seven seeds are 0-6 since the playoffs expanded in 2020. They've lost those games by an average of 12.2 points. I just don't trust this Steelers team without TJ Watt, to be honest. Grade two MCL sprain. He's missed 11 games in his career, and the Steelers are one in 10 in those games. Um, when he's on the field, their defense has been a lot better, 19.8 points per game. When he's not there, it shoots all the way up to 26.3. Uh, the Steelers have averaged twice as many sacks, 3.3 to 1.5 when he's in the game. Uh, as cool of a story as it would be for the Steelers to sneak a playoff win out of nowhere, I just really don't see it happening. Mason Rudolph would have to win his fourth straight game for that to happen. And I just see that as a long shot. I just love this Bills team at home. I've been uh, talking about a lot recently how good they've been there. Their defense especially has been phenomenal. 
I think they're six and two at home. Uh, cold weather. I looked up. There's not going to be too much snow. It might be snowing during the game, but not too much. So I don't think that'll be that big of a factor. I um, that could help the Bills. Steelers really need their run game to get going with their offense. I think the Bills defensively are just going to shut the Steelers down, passing and running, and I think they're going to win the game. All right. Before we wrap up the Bills Steelers segment here, we have a Steeler savant uh, ready to give you guys a quick analysis before the game. All right, Steeler country. Let me uh, say a few words about my team. So we're playing the Bills in the wild card, seed seven, except we have a chance. The forecast predicts some snow. That's our kind of game. Snow games. Hard-nosed ball. You know who plays hard-nosed ball? Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Hit them with the one-two. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be a dogfight out there. But wait. TJ Watt out. Crucial. Josh Allen loves running. He just he he, he loves running. So that's gonna be a problem for us. But we do <laughs> we do get our Nice uh, run-stop support safety back in Minka Fitzpatrick, so that's great. And uh, Casey's back as well from the suspension. Bullshit. I'm going to say that now. Wasn't. But, um, yeah, uh, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a close one. Uh, do we predict uh, – can I predict the score on here? Go ahead. Go crazy. I'm going to predict uh, – there's got to be a field goal in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. So multiple. Uh, I'm gonna say uh seventeen and thirteen. Wow. Steelers. Um what would you say to the people who say that the seven seeds are 0 and six in the playoffs? I would say the seven seeds are due. They're due one. Mm. <laughs> I didn't think of it like that. Well, you better put your thinking cap on and think like that because it's happening Sunday. Be there, Buffalo, one p.m. Eastern time. Steel cur the steel steel curtains looking real steely right now. We might steal a win out in Buffalo. Let's go, let's go, Steelers. Here we go. Thank you. Wow. So thank you, thank you, Wrangle, for that beautiful, beautiful moment. <laughs> um, the Steelers needed some motivation. They got it right there. <laughs> wow. I can I change my pick. Yeah, right. I can start us off for this game. Um, Packers at Cowboys. Seven seeds are 0-6, like I just said. Only average uh, 12.2 points per game. This is a big game, obviously. Another uh, pa- another game with just a massive background behind it, that uh, storyline behind it, I guess, as we'll see in the next game as well. Uh, it's been five years since the Packers fired Mike McCarthy. Since then, Matt LaFleur has done an incredible job. Mike McCarthy's done a pretty good job down in Dallas himself. For the Packers, uh, Jordan Love has thrown 18 touchdowns compared to just one interception in the final eight weeks of the season, making him the sixth quarterback in NFL history to throw 18 or more touchdown passes with one pick or less in the final eight weeks. He's been phenomenal down the stretch, leading this Packers team to a playoff. Won the game in Week 18 that Aaron Rodgers couldn't do last year to get his team in the playoffs. Um, Can't say enough good things about what he's done with this team. They're one of the youngest roster. They are the youngest roster in the NFL. He's thrown 32 touchdown passes. That's second in the NFL. The only Dak Prescott who he's going to line up on the other side from. Prescott is 36. The issue for the Packers this year is if in one spot they really struggled, and that is uh, on the road against non-divisional opponents, which the Cowboys are. Packers went one and five, and their only win came on a last-second field goal against the pitiful Carolina Panthers. So, um. They won their last three weeks to get in. They're riding high. Jordan Love's played great, but uh, kind of like what I said for CJ Shaw, what worries me is I know Jordan Love's not exactly a rookie quarterback, but this is basically his rookie season. This will be his first postseason start. And like I said, the rookie quarterbacks are one and five um, with Brock Purdy being the only win and the stats are not great. Cowboys, we talked about it all season, how good they are at home. 16 straight wins. They're 8-0 this year. Those eight wins come by an average of 21 and a half points per game. 
Dak, Dak Prescott, like I said, has 36 touchdown passes. That leads the NFL. C.D. Lamb has caught a league high, 135 passes for 1,749 yards and 12 touchdowns. I'll take the role of Zach and say they're going to need to get C.D. Lamb the ball a lot if they want to win this game, and I predict that will happen and they will win this game. Mike McCarthy's going to want this game more than anything. I think the Cowboys win it, but if the Packers win it, um, I think it's time to talk about how the Packers will own three franchises at this point. Packers, obviously the Bears, considering they can't beat them, and then the Cowboys, because Packers have won nine of the ten last matchups. A lot of big ones coming in the playoffs. Did does catch it. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers, Jared Cook drive. Um, they just seem to own them. I'm going with the Cowboys, though. Uh, I believe in this Packers team. I think they're just too young. They've had a great season. But I think the Cowboys, they're experienced. They have what it takes. Their defense has been solid all season. I think that's going to continue. And Mike McCarthy is calling the plays with his maybe job on the line, which might not be a good thing for him, but I think they will get it done. All right. Uh, Mike McCarthy revenge game, like you said. Um, so I thought I wasn't plugged in there for a second. Mike McCarthy revenge game, as you said. Uh, neither team runs the ball very well here or stops the run well. Uh, key to this game, I think, is just going to be who turns the ball over. These are two very, very similar teams here. Uh, both teams pass the ball well, defend the pass well, and are not very good in the trenches overall. Um, the Cowboys overline, uh, overline, offensive line is pretty overrated uh, as a whole. Uh, will be, uh, they'll be tested here. If they somehow let this Packers pass rush get to them, they're going to be in trouble. They shouldn't let them though. They are a better O line than the Packers have a D line. Uh, they should be able to protect Dak and let him get off clean throws. Uh, like I said, I think these two teams are very similar. The Cowboys just have more experience across the board, uh, coaching, uh, offensive playmakers, defenders, everything leans Cowboys here experience-wise. The Cowboys' key to this game, can they establish the run? Can they get Tony Pollard going? He's not been able to get going many times this season at all. This is an opportunity against one of the worst run defenses in the league to do that. I think they do, and I also have the Cowboys here. Uh, yeah, I got I got one more thing to say about this game. I'm trying to get it to load real quick. It's not about this game. It's about the Cowboys, actually. Um, there was a report that just came out that said uh, the pressure is on the Cowboys to produce in the playoffs, something they haven't done in a while. And if not, Jerry Jones could look to hire Bill Belichick, depending on how they finish the season. I don't know if I trust the source, Tony Pauline. He is followed by Schefter and a couple other big guys. What but, is he, a Cowboys beat writer? Uh, does, I don't see it. He's not a beat writer for any specific team, just a... Uh, a certain sports Kita. Hmm. That's very interesting, though. That would be wild. That to would see be crazy. Bill Belichick in Dallas. That would be insane. Get to be nice and warm inside there, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I'll take us. I'll take us in the Lions Rams here. Yeah. Rams going into Detroit. Here we go. Stafford versus Golf. Golf was the wronged one in that trade. I want people to remember that. Sean McVay knows it. He admitted it this week. Stafford got what he wanted. He did everything he could in Detroit, couldn't get it done, couldn't win a playoff game, couldn't win the division, and it was time for him to move on and get a chance to win. He did get that chance. He went and won a Super Bowl. Golf was thrown to the side after a few bad games at the end of that season before he got traded, was shipped off to Detroit, who was in a tough situation. And if Stafford does not win that Super Bowl, actually, let me preface. If the Bengals don't beat the Chiefs in that AFC championship, the Rams never won a Super Bowl, and the Lions absolutely finessed them on that trade. But history worked out for them. Stafford got a Super Bowl. We were happy for Stafford in the moment, but it is no longer the week to be supporting Stafford. This is all about the Lions. The Lions get that first home playoff game, first playoff game in Ford Field since it was built on my birthday in 2002. Um, I'm 21 years old. It's been a long time. It's time for the Lions to go play that game and win it. Uh, Sam Laporta is looking like he might be trending to play, uh, which is crazy. It's great. We don't know yet for sure, but he is trending to play. Uh, the Lions statistically have just dominated this season. They're number two in pass offense, number five in run offense, number two in run defense, and then the one spot where they struggle, pass defense. They are number 27 in the league. That's been the one hole all season. Over the last few games, they have been playing really, really good, though. Over the past month, they've been pretty good. 
uh, ever since that uh, loss of the Bears in Chicago, they've been pretty dominant, turning the ball over, allowing a ton of yards, but doing what they need to do to win games. Uh, Jerry Jacobs is going to the IR. He's done for the year. Um, it's looking like there's a very good chance from what I've heard that CJ Gardner Johnson, CD Deuce will be playing cornerback this week. Uh, so that would be interesting. I would love to see that. Uh, I think that's what you got to do to get as many good players as you can out there for the Lions. Uh, the Rams are around the 10 range in all of those stats that I mentioned for the Lions that are good. They're around 10 in pass offense, run offense, and run defense. And just like the Lions, their weakness is their pass defense. They're number 20 in that stat. Uh, these teams are also similar to last game, very similar across the board, except for the Lions have performed better at almost everything this season than the Rams. The Rams are a really good passing team. They're a really good running team. The Lions are a better passing team. They're a better running team. The Rams are a really good run defending team. The Lions are a better run defending team. Lions need to control time of possession. They need to hold on to the ball and get a couple takeaways here. If you get a situation where it's Lions win the turnover battle two to nothing or Lions win it three to one, I don't see a way they possibly lose this game. Board field, it's going to be bumping. It's going to be an emotional, emotional game for everyone involved. They have to channel that emotion, the Lions do. Focus on the football game because the Lions have so many bigger aspirations than just beating Matt Stafford in the wild card round. I think the Lions do that. I think they get the win in Ford Field and book that rematch in Dallas to right all of Brad Armstrong's. Yeah, this is maybe the toughest game for me to pick. Um, for the first time in 30 years, the Lions will be hosting a playoff game, like you said, and what stands in their way. Matt Stafford, their old hero. Uh, 1994 was their last home playoff game. Stafford never got to play a playoff game in Detroit. So this is something that he has home, never home experienced in game. his life. Yeah. Home playoff game. Yeah. yeah. This is something Stafford has never experienced. Um, golfer Stafford battle, maybe the QB matchup of the year, considering uh, they're facing their former team. First QB matchup in postseason history between two starters who are both facing their former team. Lions have been great in primetime games this season. This game is on Sunday night. Lions are undefeated in primetime games that wasn't decided by Brad Allen specifically. Uh, the biggest part for the Lions is, um, to me, uh, how are they going to defend Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup? And then there's no one who understands Jared Goff's weaknesses more than Sean McVay, besides maybe Ben Johnson at this point. But uh, Goff's going to have to have probably the greatest game of his career if he wants to win this game. Uh, the defense, they've been good at times, but they've been struggling. Uh, overall, 247 passing yards per game this year, which is sixth worst in the NFL. Um, the Rams passing offense is going to have to take advantage of that with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, who have been phenomenal. Um, the Rams have had eight games this season where Puka Nakua, Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Kyron Williams all play together. In those eight games, Stafford has 18 touchdown passes, three interceptions. They average 28.5 points per game, and they've gone six and two in those games. So, uh, this one's a tough one to pick. Um, I originally had picked the Rams, to be honest. I originally, I told Josh before this, I'd pick the Rams, but I've actually, I think I'm going to change my pick. Here. I think I'm going to wow. go with the Lions. I just think all grit, I thought baby. about it. All grit. I thought about it. The state of Michigan, they just obviously got Michigan Wolverines winning the championship. So maybe that's too much to get both of these in one season. They did sacrifice the Pistons, who still haven't won. I think they've lost six games in a row now after they finally finished that losing streak. Lions are the only team in the NFL that has never won a wild card round game. I'm I'm going to go with the Lions. I'm going to go with the Lions win this one. I want the Lions to win this game. Uh, a lot of the numbers that I see, I feel like the Rams uh, stack up very well against them. That's the one team I really didn't want the Lions to play in the playoffs just for uh, matchup-wise, but I think the Lions are going to be pissed off. They still are thinking about the Brad Allen situation where they should be the two seed right now, possibly the one. And I think they're going to come out pissed off. Dan Campbell's going to have them ready. Sunday Night Football, I think they get it done. No one knows Matt Stafford better than us Lions fans. And I know that as good as he is and as much as I love him, if he throws a pick or so early, he sometimes gets in his own head and starts wilding out a bit. If the Lions can just get one of those early, I think they could not only win this game, I think they could run away with it. I, I just it's gonna be a tough, tough place to play for Stafford and the Rams. And I just golf has just so much to prove. Just hold on to the ball, 16. Hold on to the ball. And the Lions are gonna come out victorious and win this game. But 
move on to our final playoff game here, final wildcard round game. Eagles at Bucks. Uh, the Eagles are the coldest team going into the playoffs out of any of the playoff teams. Uh, both these teams are pretty equal in the pass game. Uh, neither team really passes the ball super well. Uh, the Eagles are the number eight rush offense in the league, and Tampa Bay is dead last. Uh, so the Eagles, who are known for running the ball, have not been fantastic this year. They're going to need to run the ball this game because they're playing a team that can't stop the run at all. Uh, these are two of the four worst pass defenses in the league uh, with the Eagles and the Bucks. So it's going to be easy pickings for Baker Mayfield and Jalen Hurts uh, to go out there and make plays. Jalen Hurts has not been good at all uh, for I'm just going to he hasn't been good at all this season. He's been kind of a tush push merchant uh, with his touchdowns. And I just I don't have a lot of confidence in him at all. I think if the Bucs can just do anything productive uh, in the past defense game, I think they're going to be really, really well set off in this game. Uh, both top 10 rush defenses, Tampa Bay 5, Philly 10. Uh, so we will see. Uh, what happens in this one? I think I misspoke earlier and said Tampa Bay was dead last in rush defense. I meant to say they were dead last in rush offense. They can't run the ball at all. Uh, so the Eagles' rush defense that has been the bright spot of their defense this year is going to need to come through for them, force Baker Mayfield to throw. He's going to have to have a great game. I'm kind of praying on Philly's downfall here. I think they're going to struggle on the road. But I'm going to go with Philly to win this game in Tampa Bay. Uh, this was a last-second switch for me. I did have the Bucks originally, but as I'm going through this, I just see a world where these past few games where Rashad White has not been great and we've seen low offensive scoring games for Tampa Bay, and I think they're just going to struggle to uh, do anything in the past game. If they have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, I think they're going to be in a good spot. I'm going to reluctantly go Philly here, uh, but I think if Philly does win this game, I think they get absolutely curb stomped by it. Uh, San Francisco in the next round. Yeah, neither of these teams really going into the playoffs on a high right now. Uh, Eagles have lost five and six after starting the season phenomenally. Um, they are going to have to rely on the run, like you kind of touched on. They're five and one this year when they rush for 140 yards or more. Uh, but the Bucks defense has only has surrendered the fifth fewest rushing yards in the NFL. So that defense is going to be very key to shutting down this Eagles team. I'm assuming A.J. Brown should be ready to go. He did not practice today. He still has that knee injury. Uh, Jalen Hurts hurt his middle finger. He's banged up. I'm interested to see. I guess I hadn't even thought about it. Devontae Smith. Okay, Devontae Smith, DeAndre Swift, and Darius Slay are all practicing fully, so they should be good to go. So Eagles could be getting healthy, which could be big for them. Uh, they're going to have to hope their pass defense is able to be a lot better than it's been recently. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and that's – maybe the best wide receiver duo in the NFL and their past defense has been very, very bad. 31st in the NFL giving up 252.7 yards per game. Like I said, Evans and Gowden have been great. 2000 yard receivers. Uh, they've done in 2022 and 2023, both. Now this is a lot different than the week three game that we saw the Eagles really dominate in this Bucks team is different. Their offense has struggled in the last two weeks. 13 points against the Saints and nine against the Panthers. But I think this pass defense is just it, – it's it's not there. Their vibes as a team aren't there. They don't seem to be – they're nothing close to what they were last year. I think the Bucs are just going to find a way to pass the ball on them. They gave up 201 rushing yards in the first matchup. I think they can cut that in half. It's really slow down this Eagles run game. Maybe Vita Vea is a little bit of a – I don't think he's a tush-push stopper. I don't think anyone can, but maybe it'll get them a little reluctant to use it. I think there's always one game that kind of shocks people. I think this is going to be that game. I think the Buccaneers are going to win. We saw it last year with the Jags upsetting the Chargers. Um, I think that's this game right here. I think the, the Buccaneers are going to upset the Eagles. So I got Baker Mayfield winning a massive playoff game. We realized or i'm realizing that we didn't mention zach's picks for like the last like four games so i'm gonna go over those really quickly uh he picked buffalo over the steelers he picked dallas over the packers he picked the rams over the lions and he also went with tampa bay over the eagles but we'll finish out here with some betting picks for the wild card weekend to send you guys off
Uh, I will start here. You said you have Zach's picks, actually, right? I do, yes. You want to say those real quick? We'll let him go first. Yeah, I'll say those real quick. Uh, Zach's betting picks, he has Browns minus two. I'm guessing he trusts Joe Flacco to score some points and win them that game against the Texans. And then his other one, Chiefs-Dolphins under 43.5. That makes sense. Freezing cold weather. I don't think the offenses will be very good in that game, so I can definitely see under 43.5. All right. Um, I am going to go with, <laughs> well, you took one of my picks there. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to take two picks from the Lions game here. I'm going to go with the Lions minus three. Like I said, I think they're going to win this game. I think they're just, they are the Rams, but just better at everything except for coaching. Um, and then I'm also going to go with the under in this game. It's 51 and a half. Uh, I've been over the past few years, always taking the highest under. I can get in the playoffs. The playoff games just seem to go under for the most part, unless we're talking Chiefs Bills or Chiefs Bengals. So I could see this game going in where it's like, oh, these offenses are great. These defenses are solid. Uh, And then the defenses get a couple turnovers in a rowdy environment. And then all of a sudden we have a game that's similar to the Cowboys game where it's like should have been 21-20, but 21-19, 20 to 19. So I could definitely see that happening. So I got Lions minus three against the Rams and the under 51 and a half in that game. Yeah, my first betting pick, I have Buccaneers plus three. I think they're going to win the game. I just, I don't like this Eagles team right now. They just look terrible. And for my other pick, um, I almost feel inspired to just go Steelers plus 10, to be honest. Wrangle, he just inspired me with that speech. So um, I'm going to go with Steelers plus 10 as my second pick. I, I feel enlightened. <laughs> All right, so that about does it for this episode, episode 40 of the Engage 8 pod. Uh, Like I said on the top, uh, go to the description for our links for all of our Twitters, as well as TikTok and Spotify are in there as well if you like different forms of content. And we will be back probably recording on Tuesday night, uploading Wednesday for the review, uh, the recap of the wildcard weekend, plus anything else that happens in the sports world between now and then. But until next time, we'll see everybody in the next one.